You're listening to the Brand Builders Podcast with your hosts, Scott Dunstan and Brian Young. Welcome to another episode of the award-winning Brand Builders Podcast powered by the Dunstan Group. My name is Brian Young. We are here with the president of the Dunstan Group, Scott Dunstan. And we are here with Sam Diminich from Your Farms, Your Table, and Restaurant. Now, when we think about food, there are those that eat to live, and then we have those that live to eat. Now, the reality is people that would fly around the world to try a dish or stay up all night to get reservations at the newest restaurant in town. But who makes all of the amazing food that we can't get enough of? It's the chef, of course. And we have Chef Sam here. Now, their culinary prowess always keeps us coming back for more and more and more. And we are joined by one of the best chefs here in Charlotte, and we're excited to learn a little bit more about you know, what they're doing. Now, you may have heard of his name before. Maybe you haven't, but if you haven't, you're going to learn all about him right now. So welcome, Sam, to this episode of the Brand Builders Podcast as we dive into your brand and restaurant, your farms, your table. It's good to be here. Sam, thank you, man. Appreciate you uh, investing your time this morning. And uh, we, as Brian mentioned, we're excited. Yeah, happy to be here. Yeah, yeah. So um, where where do we begin, man? Um, how did you start in the culinary world in the first place? That's a good place to begin, I think. Um, so I, I was raised in a restaurant family okay. in Myrtle Beach. You know, my grandfather was from Trieste, and he came over, and uh, the only thing he knew how to do was cook, right? So he came over uh, early 50s. Opened up a restaurant in Myrtle Beach, which is actually the first Italian restaurant in Myrtle in 56. Him awesome. and my grandmother lived above it. Yeah, it's a classic. Like, it's totally, That's it's awesome. a romantic food story. What's the name of it? It was called the Roma. The Roma. Roma Restaurant. Gotcha. Yeah. And um, and so anyway, so they, uh, so that was the beginning. Like, that was the beginning of uh, what would become a relationship with food that I've enjoyed all my life. Um, so my dad worked in the restaurant. My uncles did. My aunt did. Um, I'm one of five. We all worked in there. All my uncles and aunts had children. We all worked there, you know, and that's how we came up, you know. So I would go to school, do baseball practice, ride my bike uh, to work, you know, like throw the bike down by the back door of the restaurant and come on in. And, you know, there was always something to do. And uh, what I loved about it, you know, especially my, you know, I guess my formidable early teens was like the environment, the pace, like the energy uh, that took place in that place. It was a busy restaurant. And yeah. um and back then Myrtle Beach was a super small town. It, it's it's it wasn't then what it is now. And and so the people that um, my parents en- employed were all my colleagues, my friends, my peers. And so everybody was um you know it was it was like a collective effort, right? Right. Lots of energy. Um. Uh, but most importantly, it was uh it was hospitality based. Like we're there to take care of people. You know it's um. So it was a very altruistic mentality, you know, that uh, that I was raised with. And, and so that's that, those are my early beginnings. Very How cool, young man. were you when you first worked at the restaurant? And I know this might be a violation, but <laughs> say, who cares? Tell eight. me. <laughs> yeah. Who cares? Hey, I'll tell you, my first job, I was 11 yeah. at Subway. Yeah. Completely yeah. illegal. My mom's like, you're going to work the rest of your life. You don't need to work at Subway. <laughs> those, those are different times, yeah. though, man. Definitely. Different yeah. times. Definitely. I grew up at the, well, close to the Outer Banks in Elizabeth City, small town. Um, so I get the vibe. I knew the families that had the small local restaurants and we would go play in the kitchen and, and eat there on a regular basis, all those things. So what you just described actually brought back a ton of memories. Yeah. yeah. We also had a one of my best friends, his family they owned the local funeral homes. We did a lot of like playing in the funeral home. Like it was, yeah, but, but a small town thing, man, like, you know, sure. like, you, you know, sure. there's certain families that do certain businesses and they do it very well. And it, it's a 
staple of the community. So yeah. uh, I think we might have some similarities. Yeah, there, it's a, though, it's a very like it's it's yeah. not a conventional way to grow up. You know what right. I mean? Like there was nothing nine to five about my parents' lifestyle. Like I, if I wanted to see my dad, I had to go to work. Yeah. You know what I mean? Which is kind of like my life is now with my children. <laughs> right. Um, <laughs> you know what I mean? But but um, but also like we learned ethics. Yeah. You know, we learned how to work. We learned the value of. Uh, income and we like especially nowadays uh we you know we learned the value of um of you know i mean like just food waste for example you know mm -hmm. what i mean like my dad was uh very conscious of what we what we purchased whether it was enough you know and what we held on to you know and so so like that's a like that's a pr practical business um application like that's a value that that's we implement at your farms your table yeah so let's talk about that a little bit um is this a new endeavor for you uh, personally, or is this something you've been working on for years? Or yeah, uh, tell tell us about <laughs> it, man. <laughs> well, um, you know, here, so here's the thing: is like, um, so I got I got sober in 2014, right? Congratulations, thank you. And I and I and I went away, and I and I went away to um, this town in South Carolina, and I um, I'd I'd been cooking all my life. I got sober. I didn't think I would cook anymore. Right. Yeah. I don't think I could, I don't think I could stay sober and, and be in the business. You know what I mean? Like they didn't, it, you know what I mean? Like mm -hmm. it's not exactly synonymous, you know, right. like wellness and, and, and working 70 hours a week, you know, with all these sacrifices. Um, but I, but I learned that I could do that, potentially do that. And so I came back in 2017 and, um, you know, when I came back, um, I had this new appreciation for food, right? I just saw things differently, you know, and so I can't really talk about my story without talking about sobriety and the people that really propped me up, you know, and, and showed me the way and continue to do so today. So I, I saw things differently. I kind of compare it to like, you, like I'm a sports fan and, um, and they talk about NFL receivers uh, between year one and year three, how the game slows down for them. So that's very much what I experienced. So I could taste differently. I could see things differently. I could see things that haven't happened yet. You know what you know what I mean? Yeah. Like I could see things through, and and so that was a big part of it. And then, um, so I landed at um at Upstream in South Park, you know. And and to be honest with you, that's where I thought I would just hang my apron for the next twenty years. Um, I, you know, I I loved the people there. I I loved um Japanese cooking. Um, you know, and that was almost like a like this spiritual experience I had. You know, with um, sobriety and, and Japanese minimalism and, and, um, and the clarity in which I was, uh, was seeing out of. And, um, <clears throat> and I got to do, a, I got to be on the food network. I was on the, That's I was awesome. on the Bobby Flay show. That was, that was a wild ride. Heck yeah. Me, Bobby and, and, uh, Bob Saget. <laughs> <laughs> I forget the love of stream too, Bobby. You yeah, got to tell us this. Cause yeah. I, I heard it say it's an yeah. epic battle of lobster risotto and, oh you, my beat, and you beat, and you beat, Bobby Flay yeah. on his Beat Bobby Flay I show, which is love like risotto how many people have actually culture. beaten him on uh, right? his show? Like, yeah. they're, they're, number can't be that. like, yeah, please tell me about that. <laughs> yeah, so <laughs> I always tell people like, because everybody wants to know like, how's Bobby? Bobby's great. Like we spent, like it's a 14 hour shoot. You know what I mean? It's not 30 minutes. I promise wow. you that. We spent a day together. Oh, wow. And so he was cool until he lost and then he was pissed. <laughs> 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 yeah, you're really cool until you... It's like, I, get this guy out of here. Get this guy out of here. Since sore this loser. is a 30-minute podcast, we'll get the cliff notes on that one. Yeah. Bob Saget was hilarious. We filmed at 6 a.m. from 6... Uh, we were in the studio from six until like three or four, and then you go upstairs and do the the interviews and all that stuff, and that took forever. But um, Bob was uh, he was so nice, and he was so funny, and he was so 
probably been up all night. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I think he showed up. I think he came like straight from the club. <laughs> <laughs> so anyway. You're like, so I got his boy. I, I, I picked him. up on that him. one. You know what I mean? I was like, I, I'm, I'm behind the curtain yeah. on what's he, going on he here. You knew what to recognize, but you weren't with him. So. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. But no, like, we, had some, yeah, we had some fun. And, um, and uh, Ann Burrell was another judge. And... Uh, and uh, it was just one of those experiences, like nothing can really prepare you for that. You yeah. know, like nothing can prepare you for flying to New York after working like 70 hours, um, you know, and, and then, the, you know, you have a 5 a.m. call, you're in the studio at 6, you're filming at 6.30, you know what I mean? And nobody's really giving you any clear directions on what's going to happen next. So nothing can really prepare you for it. So, um, you know, I just really like, I, we, I don't know, we started, once we started cooking, the only thing I could really tell myself is I've been doing this all my life. You know what I mean? He's a cook. I'm a cook. And so let's go. And um, and so anyway, so yeah, I came out on top. That was cool. That's real cool. That's really mm-hmm. cool. That's yeah. real cool. Yeah. That's, yeah. I mean, yeah. you can't really like, you know, I'm one of five. You know, I grew up in a competitive household. Like yeah. I, I've been in athletics for most of my life. You know, you don't do stuff like that. Go all the way up there and go through everything you have to go through to, to be on a show to lose. Right. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> exactly. You want to go up there and, and you know, and give <laughs> and it win. Yeah. Give it all you got. Yeah. And, and hopefully you come out on top. In that case, I did. Yeah. So how did that kind man. of change your journey, yeah. right? You you mentioned that you were, were at Upstream, but you, know, you went on that in 2020. And now all this, right? So like, was that kind of the, maybe the thing that pushed you to want to go do your, your, your next kind of venture or like, what was like no. the thing? Okay. Let's hear the story. Let's <laughs> okay. do it. So, so this yeah. is, this, okay, so this is super cool. Right. So I filmed in, um, in May of 19, I had to wait until they didn't air it until January of 20. Wow. And it, even then it was, it was like January 27th or 26th. It was almost February, right? Mm-hmm. It's a long time to wait and you film the show. Right. And you can't even talk, like you couldn't talk about it. You couldn't say anything. Um, you, you know, you signed an NDA and all that stuff. So anyway, I say all that because, um, so it aired end of January and um, my story was out there, right? The sobriety story and and also, um, you know, coming out on top, you know, and being from Charlotte and a lot of chefs from Charlotte had gone up there and competed, but hadn't won yet, I think Mm -hmm. maybe won. And so anyway, so, um, so I had this new audience, right? And, you know, and obviously social media is a big part of our life and my profession, um, and I'll get to this, but I built a business on it. And so January uh, 26, um, Bobby Flay uh, show airs. I have this new audience. March 2020, um, you know, the industry shuts down, the country shuts down, right? And so, um, you know, the restaurant that I thought I'd spend the next 20 years hanging my apron up at, you know, and building something special um, just didn't exist. You know yeah. what I mean? I had to close everything down. That's right. And, um, and so, yeah, so everybody had to do what they had to do. And so... Um, what happened next is is whenever I explain it to you, I can't, I have to say this, but I, there was no plan. You know what I mean? I didn't have a plan. I just knew. And, and this when this is like when the principles of sobriety kick in, it's like, just do the next right thing. Right. Mm-hmm. And, you know, get out of yourself, get out of my head and get of, be of service to somebody else. You know what I mean? And, and, um, 11 times out of 10, that'll, that'll right size what you have going on. And so, um, you know, spinning out of, um, you know, the shutdown, you know, I'd, I'd had a long relationship with local farmers and suppliers. And so um, what I'm about to tell you is actually what happened. So I get um, released on a Tuesday, furloughed on Tuesday. On Wednesday, I get a phone call from a farmer in Winston-Salem, uh, Isaac from Harmony Ridge Farms. And he's not telling me anything other than I don't know what I'm going to do. You know what I mean? We just lost 35 wholesale accounts. And um, and so this is, the, you know what I mean? Like this is the salt of the earth. Like these are the real heroes behind the food scene, not the chefs. And so... 
Um, I've know Isaac, right? And mm-hmm. I, and I I know a little bit, little bit about him personally, and I knew that he was in trouble. Yeah. Um. Of so course. he so he just harvested everything from spring. This is March, so he's harvesting spring crop, and then of course planning for summer. And I'm like, holy shit, you know, like this is this is um, I can't imagine a world without Isaacs, the Isaacs mm-hmm. in it. Once we get through this pandemic thing. And so anyway, so that happened on a Tuesday. The next day, I'm in Waxhaw at a friend's house. I don't live in Waxhaw. <laughs> I live in Cotswold. I rent an apartment in Cotswold, right? right? I'm a divorced father too. But I'm down there and um, and I actually had some of Isaac's vegetables on the grill. And um, so I'm looking at the, I'm grilling out. I have a piece of meat over here and I have all Isaac's veggies over here. And I'm looking at it and I was like, there's got to be something I can do, you know? And, and um, um. You know, I have to take care of myself too. I have two children. And so anyway, so I was, whatever. So long story short, it kind of came to me that what if I just cooked this and deliver it to neighborhoods like Waxhall, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, and um, were to be able to connect Isaac's story to the people consuming the meals, you know, all during this pandemic. Yeah, you know, people are still eating. People just, are still eating. That's right. And and then it, then it, it became something bigger than that. And I realized that, um, you know, we still have food. Like, the you know, I mean, if you guys remember... Uh, you know, on a national level, we were all divided. Like, you know, you're either on this team or the other team. There's no in between, but we still had food and food could still unite us. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And so anyway, so it became relatively clear that I need to do something with food. And then I, then I, I had the idea of borrowing from restaurant week, three courses for $30. Mm-hmm. Right. And so what, what I wound up coming up with was just going to farms like Isaac's um, and the farms in and around Charlotte and buying whatever they had, bring it back to my apartment uh, I've been doing this a long time. I can engineer a three-course menu in 20 minutes, right? Um, buy it, bring it back, engineer a menu, cook the menu, box the food, bag it, and deliver it uh, out of my apartment. And so, wow. that, so and so that was that was the early stages, the humble beginnings of your farm's your table. Wow. Yeah. And so what a great story. So dude. yeah, so that was the plan. Like 10 meals a day, six days a week. You know what I mean? Like I can take care of my children. I can pay my car payment. We'll get repossessed. Yeah. I can pay my rent, you know? And um, and then whenever Upstream opens back up, you know what I mean? I'll, you know, I'll be there. I'll be ready. Yeah. Are they back open? No, they closed. They just closed, they closed indefinitely. Yeah. They closed, yeah. yeah. They closed in the summer of 20. Yeah. Man, another great, 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 great loss, man. I enjoyed that place. Mm-hmm. Me too. I'm sure I've had your... <laughs> your uh, your talented uh, menus and whatnot. Just didn't know it. Yeah, thank you. Um, so how's it going now? Well, so soon after that, I went up sending some food to, I didn't send a food, a, a food writer ordered some food and did a write-up, right? They did a write-up and the write-up kind of paralleled with some stuff that we do with Ben's friends here in Charlotte. And so um, she wrote this glowing review and, um, and then it was released through Charlotte Agenda. And then once Charlotte Agenda uh, published that, um, I went from doing 10 meals to 20 to 30 to 40 out of my apartment. And then I called my sister who was out of uh, work. She's a teacher. Uh, I know she had an organized mind and she had a little bit of hustle because we both grew up in the same household, mm-hmm. right? And so she helped me put some of the delivery stuff together and organize um, you know, some, some of the you know, processes and systems that we have now. And, um, and then off we went. Soon wow. after that, I got asked to do uh, an event uh, for a lady who was um, trying to get her daughter married, I think she'd had two unsuccessful attempts at, at getting them married. You know, one uh, like California, and then one in uh, by the Biltmore. And she called me, and she'd been an upstream uh, regular for years and loved the sea bass, and and exasperated, you know, just like uh, Isaac was over here, and uh, just said, "Look, I just want fourteen people 
in the backyard. Can we, can you do this for me? And so that was the beginning of, that was the very first event I did. And so anyway, so now we have an events division, yep. you know what I mean? And, um, you know, we do almost two a week. Wow. You know, anywhere from two people, uh, to 200. So that's, so that was super cool. And then, um, soon after that, um, Christian McCaffrey called me, you know, he is, uh, what I think what he saw, uh, on our website and heard about what we were doing aligned with what he was looking for in his off season regimen. And so, um, so we had a conversation, did a tasting, and then uh, he brought me on as his personal chef. Wow. That a boy. Oh, man, so that, look at you. So that opened up the door for our personal chef services, you know, yep. which, which um, is blooming right now. We have an events division that was born. Everything's a happy accident, right? You yeah. know what I mean? But it I all do. like, it all always returned to, you know, to my, my roots and my life, which is grounded in recovery, yeah. you know, and the principles in which we try to live by, you know, it's just get out of self into service and everything will work out the way it's supposed to work out. You know, and, and so so we have events, we have personal chef, uh, we have a restaurant coming um, and the meal delivery thing, uh, you know, which is super uh, special to me and near near dear to my heart will always be part of your function table. Wow, man, that's so impressive. And and I love how what's, what's the what's the old phrase? It's uh, like the necessity is the mother of invention, right? Mm -hmm. Like the story you just told is a classic example of of that. And and the challenges you have overcome, but also created uh, a lot of opportunity for yourself and others, mm -hmm. which is freaking fantastic, man! Yeah, thank Congratulations. you. Congratulations, thank you. Yeah. These are stories I love to hear because you know the opportunity's there if you have the will and and the wherewithal to use your talents to create uh, a service or a product that people will buy and and enjoy. Yeah, thank you. You know that's really cool. Really it's funny. Cool. I was going to ask about Christian McCaffrey because I yeah. saw it on your Instagram. You already did yeah. that. That's awesome. Well, and also the events you have uh, oh, yeah. had the opportunity with, with the uh, deal in New York, that builds your credibility as well. Mm -hmm. So Dang that's it. part of your personal brand that also in turn shows that you're an expert at what you do. Thank you. Uh, which also, I think, evolves into your revenue you've created now with this business. So yeah. That's yeah. cool. There's a little bit on that really too. Cool. It's like, like doing the in-home events you know, for the past year and a half. Okay, so whenever I was furloughed, you know, I'd, I'd given my life to, to this industry, right? Food sure. and beverage. You know what I mean? Like, and it's a tough I mean, industry, dude. Divorce, you know, children, I see them once a week. Um, girlfriends. <laughs> it's like, <laughs> yeah. my life is, is, is you know, is, is uh, I cook. You know what I mean? That's what I do. So anyway, so um, the industry, I felt, um, I know, let us down, right? In yeah. so many ways, right? And so um, whenever I departed... Uh, my role as, a, as an exec chef in a restaurant, um, I, you know, I left with a lot of resentment, you know what I mean? And um, sadness, you know what I mean? Sure. And, and um, you know, because many of us, you know, I'm, I'm, I just told you I was on the Food Network, you know, one of the top chefs in Charlotte. And just like that, you know, I'm out of a job. Yep. I don't know what I'm going to do yet. Luckily, I figured it out rather quickly. Uh, but nevertheless, it shouldn't be like that. Right. 100%. Right? So, but, you know, so this lady needed somebody to come to her house and cook for her and her family. And so this, that, so this became what would eventually become my relationship, my, re, uh, you know, returning to uh, potentially opening a restaurant. You know what I mean? So I would go to people's homes and, and then the more I did it, the more I realized how much I enjoyed um, that, um, you know, that, that person to person energy, you know, being able to take care of somebody, cook for them, nurture them in that moment. You know, and, and, um, and th so there's that exchange there. It's almost, 
again, it's almost spiritual. It's really sometimes it's difficult to articulate, but it's there. It's in that moment. You know what I mean? It's For unmanufactured, sure. you know, and, and, um, and, and f- you know, food is the language. And so anyway, so, so I, I realized how much I missed that. And that opened the door to potentially opening up, returning to a restaurant scenario. And so where I operate out of is a commissary kitchen. Mm-hmm. On, on the front of the commissary kitchen is a restaurant called Counter. That's a good friend of mine, Sam Hart, owns it, right? Sam Hart also, he's a cool uh, pandemic story too. He started his in the pandemic. He's expanding. And one day he and I crossed paths in the hallway and he mentioned that he was going to move on and, and was potential look for somebody to kind of take over his lease, sublease, right? And I was like, <laughs> it's done. <laughs> it's done. The decision, the, right there in that moment, the decision was made, right? Let's open a restaurant. And so here we are this fall. We're going to do it. Fantastic. Dude, I love that. And I want to jump Fantastic. into the restaurant. But I, before we do that, I do want you to tell us about Ben's Friends. And I've done a little bit of research on that. But you've created this coalition of, of sober food and bev people that are committed you know, sobriety in an industry that's filled with drugs, alcohol, and stress. And I can imagine you know, the things that you went through that only double, tripled, quadrupled when mm-hmm. people lost their jobs, right? Mm-hmm. People that had given their life to, to F&B, right? Yeah. And now it's a scenario where you're not making money, you're depressed, and, and a lot of people turn to alcohol and drugs. Tell us about Ben's Friends, and if there's people that are listening to this that you know might be going through the same thing, you know, how do they get in touch with you? I'd love to hear how you've done this, because I, I love the passion around you know, bringing on leaders, and I would consider you as a community leader that has, has gone through things in life, but you've now been able to find something you're super passionate about that you've been passionate about your whole life, but now also your journey and how you combine those to be able to help other people. And I yeah. think that's kind of where you kind of get that that overall like life experience, right? Mm-hmm. Like that's where it's like, this is awesome. Like yeah. you're doing this and you're doing this and all the other stuff. But I'd, but I'd love to dive in on what that is and and uh, and how that, that, that supports people. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, so Ben's Friends was started by um, uh, Steve and Mickey down in Charleston. Okay. Yeah. And um, uh, and just two, uh, like two industry institutions, you know, and St- Steve is operating partner for Indigo Road Restaurant Group. Mm-hmm. Yep. And Mickey was a general manager at uh, Charleston Place Hotel. Um, you know, just uh, that place is just synonymous. Yeah, it is. Uh, with hospitality. Yeah. And, and um, you know, uh, a good reputation. And so anyway, so they... They got sober in the 80s. Uh, Steve might be, he might've got sober in the early 90s. I can't, I can't remember the date, but nevertheless, um, they got sober in, in the industry and the industry gave back to them, right? Um, and so uh, there came a point, uh, and, and they have a close relationship down in Charleston. Um, there came a point where um, there was a guy named Ben Murray. Ben Murray um, is a colleague of Steve's. Right. And so the story is this is that, and, and this is a Cliff Notes version, but uh, Steve and asked Ben to help him open a restaurant. Right. And so Ben agreed to do that. And um, I think uh, Steve uh, and Ben, um, you know, had shared stories of sobriety. Right. And so I think, I think the, the notion was that Ben was doing well and he was sober and, and sober and thriving. Well, he wasn't. And um, Ben wound up killing himself. Huh. Yeah. He lost his life to suicide. And so, um, what what be, what came of that was the realization that we're in this industry, and um, and but the the culture of the industry defined the moment in which they opened the restaurant. Right? You're good. I'm good. 
You know, you, you know, you know what I'm saying. Mm-hmm. And so there wasn't like that follow up. Are you sure you're okay? You know what I mean. You don't seem like you're. Okay. You know what I mean. Um, the follow up questions, which are super important, and so um, that shook Steve's world, Steve Palmer, and um, I know for a fact it did. And so as time wore on, um, you know, and, and again, this is to make and Mickey and Steve's genius. You know that conversations about about Ben and how to honor his life and and to uh, in in some ways right a wrong, you know that I think. Um, there, there, Steve might have felt, you know, some guilt or responsibility, not for his loss, but for, um, you know, just not following up, right, and, and asking that extra question. And so anyway, so they, they came upon this idea called Ben's Friends. And Ben's Friends um, is a recovery-focused, it was a recovery group focused for people in food and beverage, restaurant professionals, awesome. uh, hotel professionals, uh, cafe professionals. Look, if you've spent five minutes in, in a restaurant in your life, you qualify. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. You want to get better, you qualify. So anyway, so they started this thing down in Charleston and um and I think it was 2017 or 2018. Uh I saw uh some stuff on Facebook. I reached out. I said, you know, this is I don't know what this is, but this like I think Charlotte needs it. You know, I need it, you know, as a, as a, as an extra outlet, you know, to support myself and others. Uh in this journey of recovery, you know, it's it, it really is. It's a one day at a time, uh lifetime type scenario in my eyes. So, uh, you know, any 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 in any way I can support myself that way and, and others here in the industry, which is, you know, at this point had been very good to me. I'm all about it. And so anyway, so we started the chapter here in 2018 and, um, you know, and, and so, uh, it's focused and its mission are to make our industry a better industry tomorrow than it is today. You know, and that's to normalize conversations about addiction. There's normalized conversations about mental health. Uh, that's to, to create the safe space for people to, like Ben, you know, to come forward and say, man, I'm hurting. I don't know, you know, I don't know what to do about what's going on right now, but something is wrong, you know? And, um, and so anyway, so, so that's what we want to do. That's what we've set out to do. And, um, what started in Charleston, you know, as one meeting, I think we're in 20 States now might be 21 by now, you know? And so, so it's an, it's, so it's a nationwide campaign of people that are, that are in the industry. I've been in the industry all my life. Um, you know, that, that, so we've paid our dues, you know, and, and come out of the other side still, um, you know, still sober, still recovered, but still doing what we love to do. And that's cooking, serving, managing, um, taking care of people, you know, you, so you can do both. Mm-hmm. It is attainable, you know, and, and and my coming up, you know, I mentioned it growing up in my parents' restaurant. I smoked my first joint in that restaurant. I had my first Michelob Light. I did my first line of blow in the restaurant, you know what I mean? With other people who work there, you know what I mean? And, and like if a drug under the sun, the one that you're thinking of right now, I I did it there in the restaurant, Mm -hmm. you know? And, and so, and, and so back then it was romanticized. Like that's, that's how we worked. You know what I mean? That's, we partied hard, we played hard and, um, and, but it's not sustainable, you know what I mean? And people are dying. Definitely. You know what I mean? And, um, yeah, I mean, we're just fucking sick of it. You know what I mean? So, so we want to do differently, you know? And so, I don't have to tell you how much um, I love the industry. I think, you know, in our conversation here, you guys have a pretty good understanding and how good the industry has, has been to me and, and the community as, as, as a whole, you know, has propped up your farms, your table and continues to do so. So I think it's, it's up to me and it's, it's kind of a duty, you know, that we have, um, you know, to give back in any way we can. So this is the way I, I give back. Love it. I love it, man. You know, in the food world and restaurants in general, it, there's not, really an industry that's more like community driven right Mm -hmm. there's really not something that brings people together 
like food, right? It creates conversation. It creates relationship. It creates friendships, opportunities to, to come together as a community, as a team, as a family. You know, I, I'll tell you in, in my house for a year, we didn't have a dinner table, yeah. right? Because I don't know. We just act like we didn't need one. <laughs> we got two little kids. Coffee we're table. like, well, I mean, we're eating, standing up, trying to feed little ones bottles, you know, the whole nine. Yeah. We finally got a dinner table about two months ago. And I remember the first day we ha- we sat down and my, my two-year-old's trying to climb up on the table. We got kind of a taller one. So so he really, we didn't want him to sit, sit there, but he got up there and we all sat down and my wife was just like glowing, right? Because we grew up like eating at a dinner table every night with our family. Yeah. And I was like, this is incredible. Now we have dinner there like every night. We're having conversation. And it almost seems like our life is flowing a lot better, but all that's driven around like food, right? Because it brings people together. What I mean by that is like you have that ability, but it is a tough industry. Mm-hmm. So I think what you're doing on both sides of that is absolutely incredible, man. Thank you. It is awesome. It is. Um, tell us about, so moving away from that, that's awesome. If you need help, if you have anything, reach out to me and Scott. We'll give you Sam's information as well. Go check uh, check out his, um, his Instagram uh, as well, and we'll put all that information on there. But let's talk about this restaurant. Where is it? When's it open? Yeah. And how do we get a <laughs> VIP reservation? <laughs> oh, if, you're, if you're the private chef for Christian McCaffrey, we ain't never getting in here, man. We got to keep that. We might have to, to, to we're, bleep we're, that out. We are, like, not, uh, yeah. we are not on that short we're, list. We are not on the list, man. <laughs> oh, man. Uh, yeah. uh, you know what, uh, what's cool about Christian is like he's as like grassroots and blue collar as all of us sitting at this table right now. I love you know that, what I mean? man. And, um, and I'm not just saying that. Like, you know what I mean? Like, the, I think the first time I cooked for him, like he helped me carry stuff to my car and, um, you know, it was just, He's just cool and he loves food and loves knowing about where it comes from. So um, the restaurant, so the restaurant's named after my daughter. Awesome. Right. And, um, and I, I promise her that, you know, she was on the front row for everything I went through. You know, I was gone for years, yeah. three years uh, for the most part out of their lives. And, uh, and so anyway, so um, I promised myself and promised her that, you know, if I ever did open a restaurant, it would be named after her. And it's a pretty cool name, Restaurant Constance, right? Yeah, it's awesome. Um, it actually means steadfast. Yeah. And so that, so there's a lot going on there. And so it's going to open it in the fall. It's going to be in Wesley Heights. Awesome. Yeah. So we have 38 seats. Um, what's what really like the number one question I get is like, what's the concept? It's not a pizza place. It's not a steakhouse. It's not Japanese. Um, really, the concept is just listening, you know, and, and it's and it really comes back to, uh, you know, people um, sharing a table, sharing space together. And um, but it also aligns with the way, you know, we'll write the menu and and basically the way we'll write the menu is is whatever uh, our local producers grow, uh, will be on the menu. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So the farmers will have a front row seat and they'll be navigating pen and paper, you know, as, as far as how we uh, come up with what we serve. Awesome. So mm-hmm. it'll be seasonal, right? Like, I mean, whatever's, My, yeah, I whatever's mean, there, you're going to whip it up. Basically by the day. Yeah. <laughs> Dude, that's, but that's awesome the day. though, you know, cause like, you know, we have our favorite restaurants we like to go to, but menu rarely changes. Right. So I love to be able to walk in a place and and you tell me what we're going to have that. Yeah. <laughs> and, and I trust you because you're an expert in your field, and and I think I would enjoy that experience. Yeah. Thank right? you. Right. Yeah. And the 38 seats that's pretty intimate. 38 is, seats. Yeah. Which is cool. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Really I mean, cool. it almost had to be that way for me. You know, I mean, like we have a lot going on. You know, and and um and you know also whenever I built the business, I knew that if it ever turned into something bigger than it ever was, I would still want to maintain like a small, 
um, fixed cost footprint, you know, and so having a 38 seat dining room allows us to do that. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. And so that way it's like, I mean, we have to, we have to accept the reality of what happened during the pandemic. Right. You know what I mean? And, and me as an operator, as a business owner, I have to protect the people that are on my team. I have to protect the people I support in the community, protect myself, you know, so, we, so we've diversified our revenue streams. We've created the space, um, you know, for a small intimate evening in a restaurant mm-hmm. environment, and, you know, and so that's the way we think. And, and, and we, and I think that we, I think that aligns with, um, our mission statement and, uh, you know, also just the, the world in which we live in. For sure. Will you be able to produce in there? Like the other side of your businesses, will they be done in that kitchen? Everything. Okay. Yeah. Awesome. So that's cool too. Right? It is cool. Yeah. <laughs> it's cool. You get the one stop uh, scenario and you're out of your house and all those things. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You know, what's interesting is like I mentioned as a commentary kitchen, like this is how, like if there's ever any question of whether or not this is meant to be or whether it isn't, um, my kitchen, the one I operate in now, the one I've been operating on is literally one wall over from the restaurant kitchen. Okay. So we're going to turn two kitchens into one kitchen. We'll build a doorway there. You know what yeah. I mean? But it's all like everything, like decisions are made for us. You know what I mean? In many, many ways. I think we just have to do the legwork and, and raise our awareness in order to, you know, understand them, yeah. you know, you know I want to answer the bell. One cool thing that you have on your bell. website is you have a thing that's basically about meet your farmers, mm-hmm. um, which I think is awesome. And I think this is something maybe in the last year or two, it's becoming more mainstream people asking what's in my food. What are we putting in our system? Mm-hmm. I don't think there's... Um, I'll just say it like you look at how many people are diagnosed with cancers, diagnosed with a lot of different things. And look, a lot of that is probably what you're putting in your body, right? Mm-hmm. When you go to a grocery store and you think you're eating something that's healthy, like check out those ingredients. You won't know 85% of them. But the, at the other side of it, when you look at this meet the farmers thing, you know, this is the grassroots. These are the people that literally can get you the freshest vegetables, the best stuff right here from North Carolina, from South Carolina. And now you have the ability to create that entire experience, continue to elevate that. And I, I just tell us quickly what people that don't understand, they think they just go to Harris Teeter and it's just sitting there, right? right. How important are our local farmers to not only our economy, but really the health of our community as a whole? Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, so here's something I post to my team all the time, you know, go to the farmer's market, go to Matthew's farmer's market on a Saturday morning, you know, and spend 30 minutes there and, and look the farmers in the eye, hear their story, ask them about their vegetables, you know, and continue on from one vendor to the next. And then whenever you leave the farmer's market, ask yourself a question. Do you feel better now? Or do you, you know what I mean? Now that you've experienced this or before you arrived, mm-hmm. right? And, and it's, there's a, I think there's a profound experience. It's almost like dopamine, you know what I mean? To where you're, you, you know what I mean? Like you feel a part of something bigger than yourself. And so that's, that's part of the mission, right? You know what I mean? Like, uh, to, you know, to change our, our mindset and our mentality and, um, uh, you know, and, and have this opportunity for, um, you know, uh, nutritional wellness. Then there's this. And it, and, it, and it drives me crazy, you know, because there's all kinds of people here in Charlotte um, who love to see their name in lights, right? I'm talking about chefs, um, restaurant owners um, that are, um, they're doing well, right? You know what I mean? They're, they're, uh, they're, their stores do well. Uh, they're, they're meeting the sales marks. You know what I mean? It's all out there, you know, but they're not engaged in community. You know, and and somebody told me, uh, I think it was like two weeks ago, we can be 
makers, you know what I mean? Or we can be takers, you know? And, and I think there's something to be said for that, right? I don't want to be a taker. I want to be a maker. And so uh, what I'm getting at is like, if I'm going to be in Charlotte and I'm going to set up shop, right? And I'm going to invest um, and um, hopefully I'll do well. You know, I, I, I can't live with that unless I have an opportunity to give back, you know? And so being at the farmer's market, like I mentioned, you get to know people, right? And, and you get to know their stories a little bit and you get to look them in the eye. And, um, and these are not, this is not like a big uh, farmer's market. These are mom and pop farms. And so, so you have this engagement, right? Um, and then I think whenever you have this engagement, um, the food means more cooking the food means more prepping the food means more serving the food means more you know and and um and not only that but like even as as a chef like it's easier i don't have to work as hard Mm -hmm. you know what i mean to create something special i think um but uh from an economic standpoint i go to matthew's farmer's market instead of buying from u.s foods or cisco you know or any of the broadband suppliers i put my money in the farmer's market you know and they take it and they take it to wherever it is their farm is this, you know, Great Falls, South Carolina, uh, Waxhaw, North Mac, um, Winston-Salem, and um, and they get to invest in their communities, mm-hmm. right? They're, uh, wherever they get their sandwiches from, you know what I mean? They have more opportunities to support them. So there's a symbiotic relationship, you know what I mean? Like everybody bitches about the economy all the time, but what are you really doing about it, mm-hmm. you know? So, but there's, there's a symbiotic relationship that we can create, you know, and, and keep our money here, right? And support each other along the way. I love that. Your your mindset and everything you just said will ensure that you're successful. I hope so. <laughs> it will. Because and and our guest before, Kurt, he's he's awesome. We're in this uh uh group, it's a relationship group. I, I don't even want to say networking group that's within the commercial building industry. And the premises of the mindset of members of that group is a go giver attitude. And there's a book. It's called Go Giver. I can't think of the author, but it's all about paying forward, mm-hmm. uh, you know, being selfless, uh, providing service, connecting people with who they need to be connected with and building those friendships. And then in turn, those relationships, you know, sort of give back to you in ways that you would never even expect when you're not expecting, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah. Um, and, and a lot of that is the money kind of follows that. That's because, magic. Yeah. Cause everything you're talking about makes perfect sense. And frankly, we've experienced a lot of that in this business, you know, and, and it's you got to get back, man. We're we're all in this community together. And it's fascinating. Mm-hmm. Like the, you know, just the local economy in general, mm-hmm. like I was, like like the hat you're wearing. OK, yeah. like <laughs> they spend money with us. We spend money with them. Yep. We come to your restaurant. You're, you're helping the farmers. And, and it just all gets swapped around. And that doesn't happen in big corporate America That's right. like it does here. And and so we we love it, man. We we uh, we're big fans of everything you just said. So thank you. Yeah, thank, thank you for sharing that because it, it's so important, and especially now. And I think I think COVID's given given this new heightened level of of understanding uh, of how important that actually is. Yeah, you know. Now whether people actually it. make decisions on that or not, we we hope they do. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's something we can't control, but we can keep doing our thing. And I think in Charlotte, we have a unique opportunity where we're a big city with the small town vibe. And I know that's changing, but I grew up in Atlanta where I was a number. I've come to Charlotte and I've been able to build my own personal brand. But the ability of that is being intentional 
with supporting local. And I tell people this, you know, a lot. We live in a in a in a it used to be a front porch world. Now we live in a back porch society, right? People pull into their garage, they close the garage door, they don't even know who their neighbors are. Yeah, we want to complain about things that happen on a national scale. The reality is, is every single person that's listening to this has the ability to become a friend with your neighbor, to support a local restaurant, to be intentional about how you spend your money, to not just look at price and look at how that affects everyone else around you. And like you mentioned, I've never been to the Matthews Farmer's Market, but I live in Ballantyne. I'm going to go, right? I'm going to check that out. Now, just one family. I got two boys. They do eat a shitload. <laughs> so I don't know. Maybe, maybe it will be a big impact. <laughs> but dude, we, but, have, we have a farmer's but, market 100 yards over here. Right. You, now, can, I, you can I walk have, over I there. Have, yeah. I have gone to that one, but I will yeah. say I, I do go there and buy a bunch of flowers. They got the best flowers. They My do. Wife, there's, they do. They're those, amazing. Those ladies love it. Absolutely. I mean, it, it I mean you'll spend $100 yeah. at proflowers.com. You go over there, 20 bucks. <laughs> Your wife think you spent $100, boy. <laughs> they still got dirt on them, too. Yeah, that's right. They do. But, you know, they I, smell good. Though. I want to go have those. Dirt. Yeah, I want to have those conversations with the farmers because me and my wife have a lot of those conversations. Now we're not necessarily good cooks. I, I'm actually envious that you are going to be able to just look at a bunch of ingredients and be like, "Boom, this works." Boom, this is going to be the best menu because I'd be looking at all of them like, I don't know what the hell I'm making out of <laughs> yeah. this. Hey, throw a little bit here, throw a little bit there. So here's a question for you: What's the best temperature to to cook and eat a steak? Oh, Ooh, best temp. Boy. Yeah, that could be you controversial. You know what's funny is I don't, too, right? I don't temp my steaks. I don't temp them. I do it by feel. Uh, see, you know what I mean. So that's I, what <laughs> I can't even throw a number out yeah, there. Yeah. At you. I but think are it's you medium? Like one twenty-five. Do you like medium rare? Medium rare. Yeah. Depends yeah. on the cut, but yeah, yeah. for the most part. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, Anybody that's like. Yeah. Anything else? That I that, do that in his sleep. Yeah. I think. Yeah. 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 I know that's such an easy question. Yeah. But there's also the health factor, right? Of buying local and. And you you whipping it up versus some of the bigger commercial yeah. foods and things you mentioned. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, right? yeah. Like, I mean, so Sammy from Newtown's Farms, like he he's kind of the um, he's the OG in Charlotte. He's the OG of Matthews Farmers Market, and he'll tell you right now. You know, like a green, you pick a green bean um, within three days, it's lost fifty percent of its nutritional value. Right. And so, and so like that's you can't like once you hear that you can't you can't unhear that like right. that and then so you know it what? so you wind up losing that's, you wind up yeah, looking yes yeah, as, as pretty as it may look you know your Harris Teeter your Whole Foods even um, uh, you can't yeah I mean you can't un, and so you just I I see things differently now yeah you yeah. know what I mean and um and so that's also a byproduct of like going out to the farms and spending days with them like I did in the early days of your farms your table where I would just go and spend a day with them and try to see what life was like. And, and I had a true, uh, on, then I had a true understanding and then I approached things so much differently after, after spending time with them. But part of that is education. And yeah, I mean, so, um, so there's something to be said for that. You know, like we, we want, you know what I mean? Like we live in a, in a wellness world, right? But yeah. are we? <laughs> yeah. That's the billion, the billion dollar yeah. question. Yeah. Are we? I, um, think, I think a lot of our problems boil down to what you just said. Yeah. Um, and it's, it's health. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, I, and hey. what you and what you intake. Yeah. yeah. And think of it this way. It if yeah. we go back on 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 the professional athlete that you are the private cook cook for, he's making that decision to be able to get his body in the, the best shape possible. That's right. And if if, a, if our starting running back for the Carolina Panthers is making that decision, then think what it could do for you. I know for a fact, whenever I eat healthy or at least try to. I feel better. I look better. 
all of the different oh, things. Happen. I mean, it, it, everything, it's everything. Yeah. You go eat fast food and you eat shit. Guess what? You feel like shit for days. It's not. It's not a. That's that, that's that's real. Like that happens. That's right. So, There's nobody that's eating McDonald's and two hours later been like, "Damn, I'm ready to run a marathon. I feel great. <laughs> I'm, I'm ready to rock and roll." Your ass is on the couch being like, "Why the fuck did I just eat that?" <laughs> so yeah, that's true. Well, this is awesome, man. But that's yeah, another benefit, right? Yeah. Another, another reason we should come see you. That's right. At Constance. That's and, right. Uh, yeah, that's really cool. It, I, before we let you go, is your is your daughter uh, gonna? I mean, with the being named after her, does she have any interest in being a chef? Is she helping you out? Like. Or is she just like, thanks for the name, Pops? No, she likes to roast her brother about it. <laughs> <laughs> hey, we'll see. Hey, you got, well, I guess another restaurant's coming. to do is, <laughs> is, is, number two. is just make a dish or two. To, what's his name? Alan Gray. Alan. Yeah. So, so the Alan plate. Yeah. There yeah. you go. Yeah. You got, hey. he's, he's on the menu. He, I got he wants to cook, though. I yeah. think he might, he might cool. have some interest. That's yeah, cool. that's cool. That, I will say that's one New thing family business. that I, I, I like to cook, but I'm not really good at it. So yeah. it's like really simple type of meals. But I, I love breakfast. I can crush some breakfast. Yeah. Um, but I'm just not that good at it. It's like one of those things that I like look at you chefs gotta and I'm do like, it. damn. You got to practice, well, man. Well, 100%, like, right? You just got to, wow. like, I've gotten better at it because I, I enjoy it. Yeah. Um, I'm not the best by no means and nowhere close to a professional, but but I enjoy the process. It's something my wife and I like to do. It, it, I, can't, I can't just sit around on the couch and watch TV. Yeah. So it gives me something to do. Yeah. You know? Listen, there is no finish yeah. line as a cook. Yeah. There's not, you know what I mean? And so I was, I did a, an event at CPCC this week and, um, you know, and I told everybody, you know what I mean? It's just one of those things where it's like, I am a lifelong student, you know what I mean? And there is so much more to learn. And that's sure. like one of the most, uh, I think, beautiful aspects of what I do. You know what I mean? Like there's so much more out there, you know? And, and so that gets me up every single day, ready to rock and roll and, and, uh, and get it done. Freaking cool, I man. I love it, man. Sam, Congratulations. This is, yeah, yeah, this is awesome. This is awesome. Uh, everybody go check him out um, on Instagram. Go check out his uh, his website. His website is uh, yourfarmsyourtable.com. Ton of information on everything that we spoke about. Um, again, if you, you know, have you know, an addiction or you need help, reach out to us. We'll get you in touch with, with Ben's friends as well, a great organization. But overall, Sam, man, like hell of a journey. Like I appreciate you sharing your story. I think this is just the beginning and I love your approach to, to giving back to the community, understanding, you know, really where that food is coming from and putting that straight on the table and giving us now as as the community and experience and opportunity to not only you know have you create meals for us be a private chef but now we get a a, a store or a restaurant as well and uh and that's awesome man this is uh has been fantastic so thank you so much for joining us yeah this has been great thanks for having me love thank it you, Sam. until next time make sure you like share comment check it out there's so many cool things on here um and uh we look forward to continue to follow the journey and i don't know how i'm getting a reservation but me and scott are going to figure this out so we're going to do it and uh we appreciate you until next time you've been listening to this episode of the brand builders podcast you've been listening to the brand builders podcast brought to you by the dunston group with your host scott dunston and brian young for branded merchandise and apparel that makes first impressions and ones that last check out the dunston group at dunstongroup.com